I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's oh creepy. And coffee. We love creepy and mm-hmm. coffee. The two greatest things in Black, the world. Black like my soul is turning into. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of an evil laugh from oh, you. Oh, my God. Because I just like, I'm so proud of you. You've turned into <laughs> Savage Bree and like. My heart is bursting with love. With every episode. <laughs> pretty pretty soon, Megan the Stallion's going to uh, come after me. For, oh, man. For being too savage. I love it. Remember um, our the very first Midsummer Scream that we went to a couple years ago and you wore that pink gingham dress? Sure did. <laughs> I told you I was the victim. You, you were. And then you did fit in with that picture on the Queen Mary like quite perfectly. Oh, yeah. It was It was awesome. But you've come so far. Thank you. I love it. Trying. I'm so happy. A little bit more evil every day. It happens. (laughs) I have a joke for you, Brie. I'm ready. What did the ghost say to the other ghost? I don't know. What did they say? Do you believe in humans? I don't. And I just happened to take a drink of water right there. Why did I do that? (laughs) Especially right now. (laughs) That's why I said it like that. I just, I couldn't love you more than I love you in this moment right now. (laughs) It's that damn tea you got. I'm just, you know how uh, we joke that Disneyland puts stuff in their water to make everybody really cheery all the damn time? Mm-hmm. I put things in your tea. I figured. There's whiskey in there, isn't it? I just can't taste it. Maybe just a little bit. It's fine. It's for your health. Well, I have a joke for you. Okay. How do monsters tell their future? I don't know. How do they? They read their horoscope. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, that's a good one. Had to. I love it. <laughs> so, shall we get into our booze news? Booze news. Booze news. All right. So, interesting news. So, Deadline is reporting that Gremlins writer and Home Alone director Chris Columbus is attached to produce what sounds like a fam a family friendly f- movie centered on a creature. It's for Netflix. Yeah, the project is um, set to be directed by uh, uh, Jonas uh, Caron. Oh, I love love how you uh, roll your R's. You like that? Mm -hmm. That's going to make me money one day. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It keeps happening. Seriously, you put something in this tea. I know it. (laughs) I know it. (laughs) Anyway. So it looks like it's going to be kind of an E.T. style adventure film um, rather than like a creature feature. Mm -hmm. And the film follows a teenager who, uh, while visiting his family in Mexico, gains an unlikely companion when he discovers a young chupacabra hiding (gasps) in his grandpa's shed. Chupacabra. Yeah. So in order to save the mythical creature, Alex and his cousins must embark on the adventure of a lifetime. Wait, is it a friendly chupacabra? It is, because this is family friendly. (laughs) Oh, it's a friendly chupacabra. Yeah, which never happens. Not in my experience. Yeah, so I mean... With all the chupacabras I've met. Right, and then also uh, the director, I know he's directed some uh, creepy things... 
recently. And I'm looking. Side note, we should do an episode on chupacabras. I'm I'm good for that. We did one on uh, urban legends, but we should do one on cryptids. Ooh. I mean, we kind of talked about cryptid, like a little bit. Not much. Oh, okay. So um, Jonas uh, Caron, he did Gravity. Did he really? He wrote that. Wow. Yeah. So that's why I was like, I know that name and it's very familiar but anyway so that was one of his i think he was actually nominated that year too for a director for gravity oh this makes sense this also is accessing memory bank this sounds familiar yeah so interesting that he's going from gravity to a kids movie very interesting so yeah there's that (laughs) and then also um they uh Army Hammer, Lily James, and Kristen Scott Thomas are uh, have been casted in the new adaptation of the gothic novel Rebecca. Did you read it? I haven't read that one yet. Oh, girl, I have it before you leave today. Let me give it to you. To okay. But just hearing the story, which I'm going to get into, but also Army Hammer. <laughs> and he is now single. Uh- I was just about to say, so Army Hammer is single and you're single at the same time. So what are the odds? I think the universe is trying to tell you something. Yes. And 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 it was adapted in uh, 1940 by, by Alfred Hitchcock. So now I got to watch both of these now because I haven't seen that one. Mm-mm. And I thought I've seen all of Alfred Hitchcock's work. I haven't either. And every so, every time it comes on TCM, I keep telling myself I'm going to watch it again, and then I never do. <laughs> so it sounds like we're going to watch this Netflix one. We're going to watch the Hitchcock version, and maybe we'll talk about the book. Maybe. Mm. But it has a really great cast, it sounds like. And the story follows a newly married young woman who, upon arriving at her husband's uh, imposing family estate on a bleak English coast finds herself battling the shadow of his deceased first wife, the mysterious Rebecca, whose legacy continues to haunt the house. Ooh. <laughs> so, uh, Rebecca arrives on Netflix globally October 21st. Mm. Yay, more spooky Halloween things to watch. Hooray! This is getting better and better. Like, the more, as weeks go by, we keep getting... Some There's pretty good news. A little more, a little more positivity and some good things happening. So let's hope. Yes. Let's hope that we uh, keep on the positive momentum. Yeah. So, in other really good news, <laughs> uh, director Keith Thomas has teased his next project, a new adaptation of Stephen King's Firestarter for Bloomhouse. Really? Yes. And the screenplay was written by Halloween Kills co-writer Scott Teams. Really? Yeah. So they're hoping to begin filming the movie this year sometime. And and Jason Bloom personally brought the idea to Keith Thomas. Ah. So, but if Drew Barrymore doesn't play the little pyromaniac. I'm sure they can find some other creepy kids around. The, the Lord knows. The world is full of them. <laughs> I like that you took a sip of your tea right as you said that. Mm-hmm. Because. Because it's true. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> it's all tea. There's no shade in that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're batting a thousand this morning, babe. 
Batten a thousand. I'm just gonna stop talking. No, <laughs> no. Oh man, well, I see. I know you put something in there. You know, maybe it's 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 now true. Just uh, <laughs> I just wanted you to have fun, be free, live your truth, live your best life. Oh yeah. No, but I really didn't. This is all you. It yeah. It Come is. to the dark side. We have more fun. <laughs> um, but in in other news, um, if you would like to learn how to make films like John Carpenter, he's actually getting a master class. <gasps> I saw this and I actually got really excited about it mm-hmm. because I would go to that master class. I just need to buy the subscription because everyone mm-hmm. and their mother has a master class. RuPaul mm-hmm. has one. I know. And you know, I've been, prob- you know, I've been mm-hmm. wanting to, to watch that one. Yeah. Everybody's got one. Oh, Danny Elfman has one. He teaches um, scoring for film. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I maybe we need to do a couple of like spooky master classes. I support this. And then talk about it. I'm here for this. Well, he's getting one, and he's also getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes, and I saw that, too. At the Fantasia Film Festival, even though it's going virtual. Congrats, John Carpenter. Carpenter. I mean, you're probably not listening, but if you are, so exciting. Well, he may, like, someday, if more people listen to us, he may. I mean, hopefully. But did you know that he was only 30 when Halloween came out? What? Yup. That, like, never happens in Hollywood. Nope. He was only 30. Wow. And I, I mean, it's there's younger people now, but back then, like, you didn't make it until, like, you. Until like, you were old and jaded. And yeah, like 35, the 40. Broke your heart. Right. <laughs> but I, you know what? I think um, Tim Burton was also 30 when Beetlejuice came out. Oh, okay. I think. I'll have to go back and look. Maybe I'm thinking more. Hmm. No, it's. I'm still thinking the same time. Like in the 80s, like people were older. I think because Halloween came out in 78, and mm-hmm. I am fairly confident he was born in 48. Yes, ish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and yes. I'm only saying this because I. I mean, I if, if my film teacher was listening to this, she'd be like, you should know all the answers to this, <laughs> because I did a whole thing on, like you know, just horror. Um, movie directors Mm -hmm. as like a research project for a final so yeah i'm I'm sorry if if you're listening (laughs) to this (laughs) totally failed on information (laughs) no you're all good yes he was 30 i googled it you can believe everything you read on the internet oh of course yeah um and then last but not least mimic did you see the original mimic i did okay so the original mimic uh directed by guillermo del toro is getting a television (gasps) adaptation from resident evil director paul ws anderson okay i enjoy him i do too uh so deadline reported that anderson is going to direct the series potential plot and will executive produce the show with producing partner jeremy bolt Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Danger Gray, who did Orange is the New Black, is going to write the adaptation, executive produce, and serve as showrunner. Oh, I'm excited for this. Uh, no, no, I did like yet, Mimic. But... It was it was creepy. Oh man, that monster was so creepy. Yeah, it yeah, <laughs> it was so creepy. And I mean, uh, and uh, obviously, we both have a love for Guillermo del Toro. One hundred percent. I mean. I'm all about like the nerdy, creepy directors. Mm-hmm. Sold. 
Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also continuing sharing some wonderful creators of color. I put this one in for you, actually. It's called Black and Bold, and it's a specialty coffee and tea brand. Ooh. Yeah, I put that one in for you because I know you love coffee and I love tea. So so this is made for us is yes. what I'm hearing. And the brand actually donates 5% of its profits to aid at-risk youths. They sell a vast array of different coffees and flavor profiles, and you can also subscribe to get recurring orders. Yay. Oh, that's so dangerous. I know. Okay, so (laughs) just another little side note. I found these, and literally I was just thinking about us because I went on these websites. So it's going to get dangerous here in a minute. Oh. (laughs) Also, the Bark Shop... (laughs) you're welcome this yes this new york based pet care facility also offers numerous products to help foster good relationships between you and your furry friend they have really cute stuff there's actually matching bandanas and shirts oh shut up you know it's happening so the only matching that we have right now and we need more of was actually the one that I bought at DragCon oh. because Peanut Dog is the only dog on the face of the planet that hates people with the exception <laughs> of Jared, myself, and you and then maybe like two others. Oh, and her Uncle Cooley. Her Uncle Cooley's her, like if Jared and I ever died, Uncle Cooley would have to take her. Because I mean, I try to have her love me. Well, she she loves you. From afar. She No. <laughs> she still loves you, but because she hates people at DragCon last year, there was a vendor that had a matching vest and t-shirt for a dog and owner that said, fuck all y'all. So it was the best. So Peanut Dog has the vest and I have the shirt, but best I need more matching things. ever. Um, so they have a cute little pride <gasps> package right now. Well, and you know, I love the shirt because it has a Frenchie on it. Aww. And then they have, and all of their um, conditioners, shampoos, body sprays, they're all natural products. So you're not putting anything bad on your dog. Aww. So, yeah. And then another good one that's, well, not really good if we're going to shop, but Black Market Vintage. <laughs> yes, this store carries a collection of a compromise of black collectibles, cast-offs, curiosities, representing the richness of black history and lived experience. Ooh. Yeah. Some of their items are stocked at places like the Brooklyn Museum, the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture. And you can also, it, really cool, you can get a vintage hardcover of the color purple here. Oh, no way! Yeah. I'm like, I might have to do that. Because it's one of my favorite books and they have the the vintage uh raglan sweatshirt also to match it oh nice so they have some really cool stuff i also saw some dresses and dresses and i quickly um ran away um, <laughs> <laughs> bye-bye paycheck <laughs> yeah anything when i hear vintage i try not to go to it but yeah it happens <laughs> oh so well, this week getting into this week oh my gosh we are I'm gonna so talk excited. about it yes uh so i'm sorry i'm just so excited <laughs> um it chapter one is my favorite horror movie of all time it was really good and 
I know I have said this many times on here that I do not like clowns. <laughs> but, and I will say that it really made me uncomfortable with clowns when I saw it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So I will say that was like probably the first movie where if you... If you were with me when I was younger, I probably would have jumped a couple times and you would laugh at me instead of me laughing at you <laughs> jumping. But me um, jumping and kicking at the screen because I'm terrified. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was me watching it, yeah. the original. But I agree. Uh, chapter one or part one, excuse me. No, you're right. It's oh, chapter, oh, chapter one. one. Yeah. It, it was good. It was. And, you know, my the, the way that I can gauge a good horror movie is if Jared likes it because Jared hates horror movies. And when we went to go see it, we had an extra ticket because somebody backed out at the last minute. And I jokingly <laughs> turned to him and said, you wouldn't want to go, would you? Oh, yeah, well, I got nothing else to do. And I stopped and went, what? <laughs> Who are you? And what have you done with this man that I've known for so long? Um, but he really liked it. Yeah. And it, it was, was very well done. Yeah. So in, in this episode, we're going to talk about the miniseries from 1990. As well as chapter one and two that were from 2017 to 2019. Yeah. So when I was kind of doing the research, I figured like mostly everybody knows the story. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I'm not going to get too much in the plot because everybody kind of knows Mm -hmm. a little bit about it. So I wanted to get more kind of like behind the scenes type stuff. Yeah. And and obviously we've all seen the miniseries first and oh unless my God. you're a real young listener and you weren't around in the 90s yes. then you may not have seen it and first. if you haven't please watch it it's definitely worth a watch yeah i i mean i still think it was well done there were a few things that were different um from the the book but i also need to read the book again because it's been a very very long time and <laughs> so i and i t- i kind of forgot a little bit you know, what was different from the book, from the miniseries, and then also from the, the two movies. And for for those that maybe haven't, if you haven't seen it, which I don't know how you haven't seen. <laughs> right. How, if, if you happen to have zero concept of the story in general, quick Reader's Digest version. Mm-hmm. Five young kids, no, seven young kids band together in the town of Derry, Maine, where kids and people are going missing there's a creature that manifests itself in many different forms to all the all the kids. They have to go and defeat it, or they think that they defeat it, but it comes back every 27 years, so they make a promise to come back if it does reappear, and it does, of course. Mm-hmm. So they all come back. They all have separate experiences as they kind of band back together. They go down, find it, and destroy it eventually. Like, that's high-level... Yes. the whole concept of it yeah basically but in so in the mini series um we come to uh we open up in 1960 when they they first the the losers as they call them mm-hmm. <laughs> um they first confront pennywise and and then in the second movie or i'm sorry not second movie <laughs> the the second part of the mini series they return as adults in 1990 to defeat him after he resurfaces but in the movies i think the year in part one was was it the 70s 
in the or 80 no it was the 80s yeah it was the 80s oh yeah they fucking capitalized on the 80s nostalgia that was (laughs) happening in 2017 like stranger things made everybody remember you remember how horror kind of goes through trends like we were Mm -hmm. talking about first it was vampires when twilight came out and then it was zombies when walking dead came out and everything was zombies everywhere yep and then for a while it was 80s nostalgia so horror kind of goes through these cycles every few years of Mm -hmm. of different things but yeah, to your point, the book is set in the 50s right. and then the 70s. Okay. And then the the original miniseries was set in the 60s. Yeah, and then going and to 90. Yeah, the 90s. And then the newest movie was set in 80 and then 2017. Okay. Cool. And there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but to your to your point, there's a couple of things that you have to keep in mind on the miniseries. Yep. One, it was the nine. It was the nineties. Yeah. Two, it was made for TV. Mm-hmm. And in nineteen ninety, you couldn't get away with nearly as much no. on TV as you could now. Yeah, I- I'm sure they had to take out like a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot. Um, and I didn't know this, but just kind of getting a little bit more background on the miniseries uh, development. Um, George Romero was supposed to direct it. I did know that. I didn't. And I wish he didn't have anything else going on because he ended up not doing it. I know. But, I mean, uh, the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, I think he still did a good job. Within the parameters yes. that he had to work with, yes. Right, because it was also ABC. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, yes, yeah, just lots of rules <laughs> lots of rules and regulations um but um in during that time um you know it it was november it was sweeps month of 1990 so it, it it was taking a big risk for you know abc to take this on you know due to you know if there wasn't horror wasn't really popular for television no it um, definitely was not and, you know, also there wasn't much uh, network viewership um, in, you know, miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were trying to look at other King's works. Like, however, you know, they did choose to produce, um, due to the excess of Stand By Me uh, in 1986 and other television programs based on long books, you know, they decided, okay, you know, let's let's do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're we're going to produce this. Uh, and in order to increase viewership, the producers exaggerated the novel's more positive themes of loyalty and friendship and cast performers, you know, kind of well-known outside of the, the horror genre. So of course, Pennywise is played by Tim Curry. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> and I loved that Tim Curry's Pennywise is basically how I picture John Wayne Gacy. Mm-hmm. Like the creepy serial killer that, that has... That's what creeped me out the chain, most. <laughs> yeah, that has chain-smoked himself within an inch of his life. Like that was... And it was more camp. It mm-hmm. was definitely more more camp scary than, you know, actual horror murderous clown scary. Yeah. I mean, that's what creeped me out the most. He did such a, a good job with just kind of developing Pennywise and making his own kind of the same way that um Skarsgård did 
in the newer version too. Like I kind of felt like he made it his own a little bit. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, uh, which I loved, but also hated because it terrified me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also it included, we had uh, Richard Thomas, John Ritter, the late John Ritter. Mm. I know. <laughs> I was so sad when he died. I know. Oh man. <laughs> but um, we had Annette O'Toole, uh, Harry Anderson, Dennis Christopher, Tim Reed, and Richard uh, Mazur. And then in the uh, children's roles, we had Jonathan Brandis, Seth Green. I totally forgot he was in it. Mm-hmm, he plays the young Richie. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, Emily Perkins, uh, Gabe Kuth, Laura, Laura Harris, and uh, Chelan Simmons. I forgot the late Jonathan Brandis. I know. I He was also on my wall. I had, I had a lot of guys on my wall. Uh, <laughs> he was one of them. He was in your Tiger Beat? Sure was. Is Tiger Beat still a thing? <laughs> fun fact, did you know... That, well, no, that's, this sounds so terrible. I'm sorry. Not a fun fact. It's uh, not a fun <laughs> fact. Did you know that uh, he was... Jonathan Brandis was 27 years old when he took his own life? <gasps> Oh, I did not know that. Creepy. Did not know that. That is really creepy. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't know he was part of the 27 Club. He was part of the 27 Club. Aww. He was so cute. I'm sorry, not to, uh. I know. Not to bring it down, but, (laughs) yeah. Just like, in fitting into the, the, the number 27 from the movies. I know. Oh, but really well casted in general <laughs> i mean okay john ritter yep yes uh onette o'toole okay i i don't know okay i guess i had more of a problem with the adult characters minus john ritter i don't know I mean, and then, uh, um, well, also other than Tim Curry. But everybody else, I was kind of like, eh, it's okay. You know, I... The kids were okay. They were okay. Um, I, you know, if I... And, I mean, later on in this episode, we'll compare the two. But I think mm-hmm. if I have to... And I understand this is an unpopular opinion because <laughs> this... Because, yes, the, the miniseries is a quote-unquote classic. So I understand this is an unpopular opinion. Tim Curry was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I felt like both the kid casts and the adult casts of the of the newer films. Granted, I didn't care too much for the adult cast in chapter two. I, I, I actually liked it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um, I there were some changes that I probably would have made. Like, like Jessica Chastain, I felt like was great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, Bill Hader, Bill Hader, Bill Hader oh, Richie, carried, yes. he carried chapter two. It was um, the best. It was the best choice yeah, for that. The guy that played Ben Hanscom, um, oh my goodness, Jay Ryan. Oh. Was, yeah, he was okay. But he cute. <laughs> <laughs> Just wasn't, I didn't get like a super strong performance from him. Okay. Not the way I got from, um. John Ritter, John Ritter mm-hmm. in in the miniseries. Yeah. Um, but I felt like on for just for me personally on the whole, I felt like the casting for the the films 
was much stronger than the miniseries. I agree. And granted, it was it was okay. It but was. But I felt like they kind of had to do that though, when you're kind of taking on a very iconic book, and then for that time, the miniseries was a big. It was a big deal. And and they had like they had budget constraints and so forth. Yeah. And and I they tried to get good kids, but if I look at so good example, the gal, the the young gal that played uh Beverly, uh my goodness gracious, Laura Harris. Mm-hmm. If I look at her performance versus Sophia Lillis, not even in the same ballpark. No. Um Sophia Lillis was perfectly casted that girl for beverly she is a star now and she is going to be an yeah. even bigger minus star her playing nancy drew yeah <laughs> <laughs> she was also good in uh um at, well i mean i know the movie wasn't that well done mm-hmm. but i liked her in the um hansel and gretel yeah movie she she carried that movie to the best of her ability yeah. given it was just a boring movie. Yeah, but she's she's gonna go. She's gonna go places and for sure. So I guess when I look at it in that, and and granted, I try. I have to remind myself to look at it from the lens of mm-hmm. it's 1990. It's ABC. It's ABC. <laughs> this is like this is the best they're gonna get. Yeah. Um. But I still I've personally have felt like the cast for both the kids and the adults in the new films was much stronger than and especially Finn Wolfhard. I hope that child sends his agent a beautiful fruit basket every holiday season. Really? Because that kid is getting the biggest roles. He was in The Turning. He was. He's in, obviously, Stranger Things. He mm-hmm. was in this. He was in The Goldfinch. That kid is busy. Yeah. Um. So I... And you look at him versus Seth Green. And Seth Green was a big name in the 90s. Yep. But when you look at their performances... Oh, Phil, Phil, Finn Wolfhard stole the show. Yes. He was so good. Um, so that's, I mean, you know, that's my comment on the cast. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. But I think definitely just for that time, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was good. But also, again, I was really terrified watching this. <laughs> but now that I, when I went back and watched it again, um, I wasn't as scared. <laughs> no, and you know, to to your point, and trying to keep keep that lens on of it was 1990. Mm-hmm. We have become so desensitized to, and it's not as though violent movies didn't exist before. Because I mean, look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre from the oh, 70s, right? Um, but I mean, you, it's not as though we've never seen gore and we've never seen really bloody horror films prior Mm -hmm. to 1990. It was just, you couldn't put them on television. Right. And especially when they're coming on kind of like a prime time. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And looking at, um, some, I mean, look at cannibal Holocaust that's come out and green Inferno (laughs) cannot watch either of those films. I'm good. Sorry, Eli Roth. (laughs) I know Eli Roth. I'm, I'm always like 50, 50 with him sometimes. I mean, I, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I can't watch Eli Roth films anymore. Yeah. I mean, they don't, the, the gore part doesn't really bother me. I just, I just don't like them. No. <laughs> Is that a bad thing? No, but to that, to that point, it's, we've become in the year 2020, we've become so desensitized to violence. Mm-hmm. And now we just look at it and go, ew. Yeah. but we couldn't in the nineties, it was something that was so taboo to put on television. Oh, for sure. So, I understand the films had a lot more latitude to do a lot more. So when I went back and I watched the miniseries again, 
I was, I don't want to say I was let down because that's not fair. So I'm trying to remember the version of myself that watched this in the 90s when I wasn't supposed to after my mom went to bed. And that's the part of me that was terrified. Yeah. Well, and, you know, just kind of despite all the the risk of, you know, putting this out on ABC and just kind of at the time, um, a lot of things were going on. There was a lot of coverage of, you know, George H.W. Bush's foreign trips, you know, kind of cutting into the program a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it actually managed to pull through with 30 million viewers for its two parts. So for that time and for that to come out like that, that was really great. And it also uh, got some awards, uh, or not awards, but nominations. Uh, it was nominated for two Emmys, one Eddie Award, uh, one Youth in Film Award, and a Best Miniseries Recognition from the People's Choice Awards. Really? Yeah. And it won two of the nominations, uh, an Emmy Award for Outstanding Music Composition for Richard uh, Bellis, and an Eddie Award for the miniseries editing. So not bad. But, I mean, the miniseries basically has just become best known because of Tim Curry's version of Pennywise. Um, You know, in fact, his portrayal... Uh, has been considered by several publications to be one of the scariest clown characters in film and television. Okay. I I agree, but again, <laughs> going back to the new movie, I I feel like uh, Bill Skarsgård did... Oh, wait, there's so many of them. It's Bill, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank okay. you. <laughs> there's so many. Mm-hmm. I felt like he did a really good job, and there were parts where I was just like... If I met him in person, I might be a little terrified. Okay. So <laughs> let's have let's have the elephant in the room conversation right now. Oh, are we gonna do uh whose pennywise is better? Let's do the which pennywise <laughs> is better conversation. I'm ready. I'm here for it. So we have Tim Curry who we've talked about, but let's also talk about Bill Skarsgard. So in the new films. Bill Skarsgård was actually not the original choice for Pennywise. No. Um, I wonder. There was another gentleman, and I can't recall his name right now. I'm going to have to pull it up. He was the kid who was in We're the Millers. He was... Oh, I I see his face. Uh Uh-huh. You know who I'm talking about. But I can't think of his name. He was also... Oh, he was in that series that's on Netflix, too. The... uh, Dark mirror. Black mirror? Black mirror, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the really dark mirror. Sorry. You're fine. You are fine. I'm, I'm, I'm now uh, coming off the, the no, no, caffeine. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're all good, babe. Um, so, well, originally, so there was a lot of drama around, and I'll, I'll talk about that later. There was a lot of drama around the making of the first couple movie, or the, the first movie, Chapter One, okay. that started in 2009. And uh, David Kajanik, who was originally brought on to adapt the novel mm-hmm. to the big screen, uh, he had first said, if Buster Keaton was alive, I would want Buster Keaton to play Pennywise. I'm like, well, spoiler alert, you missed the boat by a lot. He did. You, yeah, he, he gone. He gone. He long gone. So, and I'll, I'll, it's Will Poulter. That was his name. Oh, okay. Yes. So he was originally cast to play Pennywise. 
Mm. but then had to drop out due to some scheduling conflicts. So as a result, Bill Skarsgård had to go to his audition, like drive through L.A. in full clown makeup to get there and do the audition. Um, but That's amazing. Here is, and fun fact, that eyeball thing mm-hmm. where, where his eye goes off to the side, that wasn't CGI. That's like oh. an actual party trick he can do. Oh, I know. Uh-huh. I saw an interview and I was like, that's creepy. Well, and I love, there's a picture when, um, before chapter two came out, there's a picture circulating around the interwebs that had Bill Hader and Bill Skarsgård just talking and stuff like that. And Bill Hader had said, hey, do the eye trick. And then he did it. And then so you see them laughing and talking at first. And then when Bill Skarsgård does it, Bill Hader went, ah! Yes. <laughs> and jumped back. Um, so. So creepy. And, and before... I had, I, you know, I had never seen him in anything before. And I... I, af- I have. Well, after I saw Castle Rock, mm-hmm. and then what was the other show that was on Netflix? He was in um, Grimm. He was in Grimm. Mm-hmm. But then what was the other one? There was there was Castle Rock, and then there was another um, another horror show on Netflix. Mm. But that had Fomke Janssen in it. Yeah, that... Oh, I'm sorry. Not... I'm thinking Grimm, but... I'm thinking the other name. Oh, man. But anyway, it's... Hemlock Grove. Hemlock Grove. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I saw him in that later, but I saw him as Pennywise first. And I remember seeing the trailer before I saw anything. And the trailer was just, you know, Georgie with the boat. And then you see the eyeballs appear. And then you see Bill Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise. Yes. Scared the fuck out of me. Yeah. I mean... He was just the the voice and the the eyeball party tricks, the creepy smile. And while I understand that some of his other um, some of his other stuff was CGI with how his body moved and so forth, and f- also he only has four well, four minutes worth of dialogue in the entire movie of Chapter One. A cumulative yeah. of only four minutes of dialogue. Oh wow! So. Thinking in in contrast to Tim huh. Curry, who had far more dialogue. Yeah, like a, mm-hmm. not like a ton, but a ton compared to mm-hmm. <laughs> the other movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, wow. I don't know. I didn't realize that until now. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, he really didn't talk that much, yeah. did he? But I, my heart, while I absolutely love Tim Curry... Although my favorite Tim Curry role of all time will always be Dr. Frankenfurter. Oh, I, I was hoping Rocky you were going to say that. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that. That will always be my favorite Tim Curry role. Yes. This Pennywise is a close second. Mm-hmm. He I, terrified me. I personally have to give it to Bill Skarsgård because okay. he scared the shit out of me. I can say that in the first one... I was definitely uncomfortable. I mean, you saw it. I was sitting there trying to clench my popcorn. <laughs> and you guys were making me watch this movie. Because I hadn't seen the miniseries in a long time. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, I knew of everything. But <laughs> I am I have to give it to Tim Curry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to... Or a split decision. And, and it's because... You know, I liked that he... Well, I didn't like, Mm -hmm. actually. He looked like, at first, he was a friendly clown. Mm -hmm. Until, like, you know, 
all this evil stuff started happening. And I think that's what creeped me out the most. Like when you look at Bill Skarsgård, like instantly murderous clown. Yeah. You're terrified of him, Mm -hmm. but you look at Tim Curry, like that's not what's out on the front at all, which, and I think that's what scared me the most. I can. So let's talk about that for a minute. I can appreciate the miniseries decision to dress him that way Mm -hmm. because of the two, the two versions, the updated versions that came out in 17 and 19 mm-hmm. are much, much closer to the book yeah. than the 90 miniseries. Mm-hmm. And while I expected for there to be things that were, you know, obviously there are going to be things that are cut out and things right. that are changed. Of course. The chapter one and two were much closer to the storyline down to Pennywise's appearance. Yeah. In the book, he's described as having a silver suit with orange pom-poms and even the orange hair. But Tim Curry's character is only, more. yeah, he only had the orange palms on his mm-hmm. on his clown suit. So while I can respect and appreciate the decision to make him different and to make him look more like your neighborhood friendly clown. Yeah. I also liked the Bill Skarsgård clown better because it was more the book that I grew up with. Yes. It was more familiar. Well, and that's why I was saying too that I would like to read it again. Yeah. Because it's, it's been a while, obviously. And that's why, you know, I was trying to com- do a lot of the comparison between, you know, these, the miniseries, the movies, and then the book, like to see what was missing or what, you know, they should have added in. And I was like... Well, I was like, shit, I can't do that because I haven't read it in such a long time that I don't like, I remember vaguely, but not to where I can give it like a, you know, proper comparison. (laughs) So that's why I, that's why I'm saying like, for sure, for me, that's why I picked Tim Curry, just because he just looked like your everyday, you know, clown. And then, you know, here he goes like starting to you know murder children so (laughs) and like and i used to have like my mom used to get clowns and i i actually liked them Mm -hmm. when i was younger and then after i see this i'm like oh hell no you're like nope hard pass like get get that clown out of my face (laughs) (laughs) thanks latrice (laughs) but um yeah i i definitely have to go with tim curry for sure um and especially for that the again 1990s i i thought it was i thought it was perfect yeah just like he was just kind of like a almost cartoon like but in a scary way mm-hmm. scary scary cartoon <laughs> that makes sense i don't think there are any scary cartoons <laughs> uh... are there did i miss them i mean no, you didn't. At least to me. Okay. No, you're good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, I mean, that for me, um, yeah, definitely Tim Curry for me. So, we're split. We have a split decision. I'm sorry. But I will say, though, definitely Bill Skarsgård did a really good job, especially with his little parlor tricks with the eyes and the thing, how he kind of did that smile. I, I, f- I feel like no one else really... You know, I don't think they could have done that. His that smile that he does, it reminded me of um the creepy uh Jack Nicholson Joker smile. 
Yeah. It reminded me a lot about that. And yeah. I remember seeing that Batman, which it's, it's, that's my favorite Batman movie. And I, I love Jack Nicholson as the Joker in mm-hmm. that. Like, it, I mean, I know he was more of a, um, like a, almost like a caricature mm-hmm. a little bit, but you could see that darkness behind the smile, mm-hmm. not where you had, you know, Heath Ledger, where it was just like totally dark. <laughs> But you know what? You bring up a good point. They're so different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe there is no right or wrong. And maybe they're both. I I think that they're both great in their own rights. When I think about the one that gave me more nightmares, it was definitely Bill Skarsgård. Um, Agreed. But I feel like with with what Sir Tim Curry had to work with in the year 1990 Mm -hmm. and made for TV. Exactly. I mean, he he killed that role. No yeah. pun intended. I'm surprised he didn't get nominated, honestly. For an Emmy. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he should have. He should have. As well as, you know, for Rocky Horror as well. <laughs> but <laughs> So good. Though so good. I'm, I'm going to um, say something, and it's probably a lot of people are going to get upset. What's that? Um, why did you put Tim Curry in the live version? Oh... Not yeah. a good choice. No, but truthfully, that was why that was why I didn't watch it. Okay, I watched it. Just because I just wanted to see him in it. And then I also kind of wanted to see the train wreck that was going to happen. That I Well, that I knew that was going to happen. And, I mean, I liked that they put, made him a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was just like, oh, you guys, like, he just came out of the hospital and stuff. <laughs> I know. And for those that didn't, that, that did not get the memo, uh, Tim Curry had a really awful stroke several years ago. Yeah. And that has now left him in a wheelchair and partially paralyzed in his face. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that came out, that they were going to have him in, in Rocky Horror, it's like, nope. I want to remember him. As he was, as Dr. Frankenfurter in that corset and heels strutting his stuff. I don't want to remember the Tim... I mean, it's not that I don't want to face it. It's just that I want to remember him in his glory days. Mm-hmm, um, exactly. So I, so I was pretty pissed, actually, that they did that. Yeah, me too. I was really upset. The one part that I did actually watch, I Googled it after, was Adam Lambert doing Hot Patootie as Eddie. <laughs> Because I love Adam Lambert. <laughs> I think he did a good job. Oh, he only good part. Mm-hmm. Only good part of that whole thing. Yeah. Not that I can say anything because I didn't watch it, but I'm going to assume. I did. And I can agree with you on okay. that. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Double confirmation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that good. it was the only good part. Good, good, good. <laughs> but, um, well, so I did look up just because obviously I haven't read the book in a really long time. I did look up. Uh, some of the changes that were from the uh, differences from the miniseries from the book. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was trying to, and I probably should have looked up more too from the, the new movie. Oh no, I got that part. Oh good. Okay. Well then you can comment after mine then. Um, But so like a great deal of the material was left out. And obviously because it's on uh, NBC, ABC, you know, we're not going to put a whole bunch of stuff in. Um, and so a lot like the, uh, subplot, uh, concerning the personal lives of the adult characters, one of which it had the, uh, main male characters, lo- uh, each losing their virginity to Beverly. Yeah. So for obvious reasons, 
Yeah. You can't put that Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and that's why there was obviously more um, themes of friendship and, you know, loyalty, um, you know, and some of that was like a little bit distorted in the miniseries in order to appeal to the non-horror TV uh, viewers. Um, and uh, O'Toole actually has admitted to disliking the removal of the losers or she scene which I don't why, why. <laughs> hey and O'Toole go pick up the damn book and read and, it right and here's his comment he said uh this was their greatest attachment to one another she thought that they were all going to die and this was a gift she was giving to each one of them and I thought it was the most I am beautiful a gift <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. And wait. And he goes on to say, I thought it was the most beautiful, generous, love-filled gift. And it tied them all together in, in such an amazing way. I got and nothing. silence. I got nothing. I mean, how do you respond to that? Like, no, for obvious reasons, it's wrong to put child orgies on film. I mean... For obvious reasons, that had to be taken out. <laughs> Fuck, man, what's wrong yeah, with people? Yeah, it's so bad. And then there was one major change uh, King, uh, Stephen King actually disliked, but, you know, he, you know, kind of had to uh, deal with was the, you know, decreased amount of death in the main characters, uh, particularly Richie, um, who was altered from uh, a Los Angeles DJ into a television show comedian. Uh, he found the miniseries version of Richie to have only two dimensions, uh, t- two dimensions, excuse me, scumbag and sort of a kind-hearted buddy Hackett. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I agree with that. True. <laughs> and uh, Wallace and Cohen retained the centrality of Pennywise in the, in the source novel, as noted by film scholar uh tony magistral in hollywood stephen king the made for television movie retains the association between the adult world of dairy and it which is further established in the masterful choice of a carnival clown as an unifying symbol for the various creatures representing the monster Mm. so yeah what did you find (laughs) i need to read this book again because i feel like i'm probably gonna think differently about the miniseries than i will in the the newer movies well so there were other other more subtle references so the it appeared to each of the losers differently Mm -hmm. and in a couple of places it was consistent and then a couple of places it wasn't but it was a lot of old monsters in the book. It was Dracula. It was the Wolfman. It was the mummy. Um, it was the Gilman. I mean, there were, it was lots of old monsters Yeah. as opposed to in both of the new films, they were, a, there were a couple of different things. So like Eddie sees the leper in the new one. Oh yeah. Um, and then I think Ben sees his dad in, in the mini series. Oh, in the mini series. Yes. Yeah. And there were different, and oh, oh oh and then in the new version ben sees the zombie that's walking around the little zombie kid that's walking around oh that's right mm-hmm. um and then richie's is a paul bunyan statue which so creepy. <laughs> yeah which which that 
was right in chapter two. Okay. And, but in the mini series, he just goes to the library and sees Pennywise. Yeah. Um, so there were a lot of the monster references that were inconsistent. Um, you know, the other thing, and I actually found stuff that was inconsistent across the board. Mm -hmm. You know, what pissed me off the most about both versions? Okay. Neither of them talk about the macroverse, which is in the book. Okay. And that's like the whole, I'm I'm getting so riled up. I'm knocking my (laughs) microphone around. It's getting heated, everybody. For those that don't know, I talk with my hands all the time. And especially when I get riled up, it gets real bad. So, and now now I'm throwing things. I lost an earring. (laughs) The, The macroverse is the whole universe in which Pennywise and it exists. Mm-hmm. So to completely leave that out just is so irresponsible in mm-hmm. both versions. And they left out the fucking turtle. <laughs> you remember the turtle that helps them defeat Pennywise? Yes. They left out the turtle. I do turtle remember that part of the book. <laughs> and no one really talked about Pennywise's true form, mm-hmm. which is essential. It's everybody mentions the deadlights. Both versions mention right. the deadlights, which is that's what Pennywise is. It's a blinding fucking light. That's mm-hmm. all that it is. Um, and both the the miniseries got the very end a little bit closer to the mark with mm-hmm. the the big spider creature. Although, <laughs> poor nineteen ninety. I know they oh. they they don't they didn't have it like how we have it today. <laughs> No, like that that little arachnid creature is is not terrifying at all. However, it was terrible. However, that that creature was a lot closer to the creature in the book, um, because the way that the book is written, the closest thing that Pennywise can manifest itself in physically to fight the losers is that spider creature. So mm-hmm. when they go to fight it. There, there are webs everywhere, which the miniseries got right, and it does right. turn into a spider. The, the ending of chapter two pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying this after we saw it, and again, I, I said there too. I'm like, I, I need to read the book again. <laughs> I was real mad. I was real mad. Um, and then there's because it, it he turns into this big spider, like clown spider creature, and I'm going, okay. I get that you want to keep Bill Skarsgård because he's the scariest part of this fucking movie, but all right, I'll, I'll allow it. And then <laughs> when they all start just chanting to make it feel small and that it turns into like little teeny tiny old baby Pennywise. That's when I thought he was real cute. I know. I was, I was like, I would, oh, look, he's I would little. get a doll of that and put it yeah. on display somewhere in my house. Not scary, and I know it's not supposed to be scary, but that's not what happened. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I noticed between the two films as well, or the two sets of films, Audra plays a completely different role. So Audra is Bill Dembro's uh, wife. Wife, yep. And so also the locations are different Mm -hmm. for the couple movies so like james mcavoy as bill in the 2019 version lives in los angeles with his wife who's an actress which is true in the story Mm -hmm. however the miniseries got it right they live in england in the book and same same background is correct but audra plays a big role and the other piece that both movies cut out is that beverly's husband 
who is abusing her right actually comes after her and that's what i i remember that because i was gonna say wait i think there's more to to him not just her leaving that Mm -hmm. that night and then that was it yeah no you are correct okay and he actually ends up goes audra comes after bill and he under direction of pennywise then kidnaps audra and takes her into the 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 layer the sewer system (laughs) yeah yeah and then the um a couple of other differences too between the miniseries and movie there's no mention of the house on nebel street in the miniseries but it's in the second or the the newer films which is a little bit closer story um the other piece that was a little weird, I I didn't hate that they did it. They changed Stan's motivation for taking his own life. Yes. And in the book, he's just so terrified that he didn't want to go back and confront it mm-hmm. again. Understandable. Murderous clowns and creatures are scary shit. But they gave him a little more a, a little more humanity. Yeah. And they made him a martyr in 2019 yeah i agree with that i mean in a way i i don't know i I guess i kind of liked how they did that a little bit i you know i didn't hate it and then you know how they all received you know the letters you know after everything was over and you know he explained why he did it you know just telling him you know he just didn't think you know he would be strong enough and he knew that you know in the end they had to defeat him so he thought it would be better for you know him to take his own life so that they can be mm-hmm. pennywise and, and i didn't i didn't hate that change either it was yeah. an interesting change mm-hmm. um and and looking at you know something else that the miniseries got and the book got but the newer movies didn't mm-hmm. was kind of pennywise's motivation mm-hmm. so there's a part in the second in chapter two when he has when he says you know for 27 years i've dreamt of you guys Mm -hmm. i've missed you i love you blah 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 um all of that business pennywise in the book and in the miniseries was very much like gtfo out of dairy let me eat people fuck (laughs) off go live your lives yeah goodbye You're, you're not gonna remember anything um move on but in this new one it's almost like they're the ones that got away Mm-hmm. which I thought was a little interesting. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I loved the, uh, some of the references, like the, the homage to the thing oh. when Stan's head grows the legs and stuff. Yes. I was like, oh, it's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, there's a, a lot of those like little, little things in there too. The little <laughs> Easter eggs. Yes. Yeah. So there were, I mean, there were a few different ones. Oh, oh, oh and um, so who was, oh, can't i remember his name he I, I wrote it down notes 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 it was um one of one of henry bowers friends patrick hockstetter oh, yep okay so patrick plays a bigger role when he comes back in chapter two mm-hmm. but and and the same thing in the mini in the miniseries yes um but he, at one point in the book there's an entire chapter that's told from his perspective Ooh. and he is okay i don't remember that he is a fucking psychopath pardon my german 
he talks about torturing animals and putting them in that fucking fridge that he keeps i mean i believe it just like, looking how they portrayed him and it, well i mean maybe not so much in the miniseries but in the newer movies i i would believe that yeah you lose well because in the miniseries i think he just opens up the fridge and the yeah. leeches get him yeah that's what happens right yes um but in the in the book there's this whole chapter that's told from his perspective oh and yeah and and talks about all the animals and that's where he keeps all the animals that he kills and stuff that's like it's terrible it's terrible <laughs> oh man that, so eesh. yeah that was a little <laughs> that was a little rough but he his story's a little different i feel like audra got sold short in both versions but more so the new version than anything mm. um eddie's death is different in all three yeah okay seeing that was the other thing i wanted to yeah I need to read the book again because I know that part was different, but I just don't remember. Because he's killed in in the new one, he gets stabbed, and then in the miniseries, he just gets picked up and magically dies. Something like yes, yeah. Like I think he's like picked up and kind of thrown, like kind of in the same, not but not in the same way as it was in um in the newer version. Yeah, because he like actually got like. He got imp- like stabbed. Impaled. Yeah, impaled pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the book, I don't remember how he died, but it was very similar. Yeah, to it was getting stabbed. I feel like it was closer to that. Okay, okay. But the the timing is very different. Oh, oh, oh! And then, um, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing around like crazy because no, we're talking it. about the differences. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, this is good. <laughs> no, um, when Beverly gets kidnapped. Okay. Um, that doesn't happen in the miniseries. That's right. Because it does not. Yeah, and and while they all so together, they all collectively go to destroy it. That did happen. Mm-hmm. However, and and yes, Beverly does have an altercation with her dad, and she runs away. The way that it's told in chapter one isn't one hundred percent correct, but the way it's done in the miniseries isn't correct either. Because um, yes, they all go down there, but while she's down there. That's when she gets captured by Pennywise. Okay. And then they all go to try to find her. Got it. But in the chapter one film, they almost use that as the catalyst and mm-hmm. the reasoning to go... To going down there to go after it. Yes. Right. Um, so there were there were some some key differences between, yes. between the two. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. For o- overall... Uh, I, I was actually surprised because I know a lot of people had uh, mixed feelings on the miniseries, um, but Rotten Tomatoes gave it 70%. It actually is higher rated than Chapter 2. Which was another reason why I was a little surprised. Yeah, and you know, if I look through it, not to beat the horse, but if I look through it <laughs> with the lens of, mm-hmm. it was 1990, it was ABC. Right. It's an 1100-page novel that they had to cram into 180 minutes. Like, I get it. Like, okay. So for the time, if I had to mm-hmm. look just off of the time, then I'd say, okay. But I mean, I almost feel like they're just carrying that score because of Tim Curry. I don't disagree I, with that. I said it. <laughs> I don't disagree. I mean, I. but also, I feel like if Tim Curry wasn't in it, that score would be a lot lower. Agreed. Because they didn't push those actors to really um, 
worked work on those character developments. Mm-hmm. I feel like it it wasn't a lot of like method acting. It was just like I'm just reading this character off the paper. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I felt like on a lot of them. I don't disagree. And I feel like Tim Carrey, Tim Carrey, <laughs> Tim Curry <laughs> care carried that miniseries all the way through. I agree. For me. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, but I did see that on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, chapter one got 85%. It did. So I was, I was really happy to see that. Well, I feel like for me, it's more of a 90, even though I hate clowns. <laughs> I agree. I, I say 90 though. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about chapter one yes so i and as i started out on the podcast if i had to look at my favorite this is one of my favorite horror movies of all time my favorite modern day horror movie um chapter one came out in 2017 there was a lot of and i didn't realize all the scuttlebutt around the the screenplay and how it was written and how it came about so David Kajanik was originally working on the adaptation oh, and then, okay. yeah. And, and then he kept going on and, and writing it and it started in 29, it started in 2009 and then Carrie Fukunaga was brought on in 2012 as director and co-writer of the script, but then ended up dropping out, okay. which then brought in the great Andy Muschietti. I was really happy about this. Oh, he did a phenomenal job. So yes. he was brought on in 2015 and, um, to not only direct, but then also to help search for a new writer to kind of tailor the script to his vision. Mm-hmm. So after all that was done, then they started looking at casting for all of the kids. So of the kids that were in the film, the only couple that I actually recognized were Finn Wolfhard, obviously, mm-hmm. from Stranger Things. And actually, I lied. That's the only child that I that I recognized. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So oh, I, re- I recognized uh, a, f- a few. Which ones did you recognize? Um, well, the, the guy uh, who played... Or the guy. He was young. Sorry. <laughs> the, the young actor who played Mike Hanlon. What did you see him in? Um, I feel like I've seen him in a bunch of Disney stuff. Hmm. Chosen like, I know I've Yeah, I know I've seen him in other stuff. And then also uh, Jack Dylan uh, Grazer, who played Eddie. Mm-hmm. I, I've also um, seen him in other stuff, too. But I, I know they were kid movies, so... Oh, gotcha. <laughs> but I can't remember exactly. But that uh, was it for me... Um, as far, and then obviously um, Finn Wolfhard, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so for those that don't know, Jaden Martell plays the lead of Bill Denborough. Jeremy Ray Taylor plays Ben Hanscom. Sophia Lillis, who we talked about, is Beverly. Um, Finn Wolfhard's Richie. Chosen Jacobs, Mike Hanlon. Um, Jack Dylan Grazer plays Eddie. And then Wyatt Olaf plays Stanley Uris. Yes. And let's talk about the bully kids. Um, oh, yeah. So Nicholas Hamilton <laughs> plays Henry Bowers. Jake Sim plays Belch Huggins. Um, and then Owen Teague plays Patrick Hawksetter. So. I thought the guy who played Henry Bowers was perfect. Okay. <laughs> that, that mullet. <laughs> so between the two Henry Bowers. Nicholas Hamilton was fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like that kid, (laughs) total sociopath. 
I mean, it was it was really eerie. Mm-hmm. It was so eerie watching him on screen. He was perfect. Yeah. And even looking at his dad, who's played by Stuart Hughes, him I've seen in other things before. Yes. yes. Um, and then also Stephen Bogare, who plays Mr. Marsh. Like I, creepy. This whole creepy. This whole cast for chapter one was spot on perfect it was well done there's not a single person that i would have recast in a different role they were all amazing i mean even the little boy who played georgie i thought he he was perfect too okay so let's talk about the kid so that kid's name is jackson robert scott Mm -hmm. and when yes you think of him as like the cute little georgie and stuff we also forget that he has to play in those different scarier parts where yes. he's in the basement and screaming, you'll float too. Oh, like so creepy. What a great little actor. Yeah. And he's actually uh, on, I don't know if you've watched it yet on Netflix. He's on the series Lock and Key. No, I haven't. And I literally it. just look, I'm like, oh, it's Georgie. <laughs> And I know he's trying to like break out of that role, but I mean, oh, but I'm sorry, so you're forever going to be Georgie sorry, Jackson, kid. Robert Scott. Sorry, buddy. But they were, and here's what I loved. And this is probably why I, well, not, this is probably why this is why this one was, is my favorite horror movie. The kids and their bond together. Those mm-hmm. kids had so much on screen chemistry. They really did. They to me they meshed together much better than the 1990 cast yeah well and that's why i'm saying like i if i'm you know kind of comparing like i felt like i said they just kind of read off the script like mm-hmm. they're just like like they were acting like they were looking at it and they to were me. to me they functioned as individual units mm-hmm. and while like the little girl that played beverly in the 90s version while she was good she's not sophia lillis but while she was good in that role she acted independently yeah i don't i I and i felt like everybody on that cast in the miniseries was and was functioning yeah independently of each other well like even the just the somewhat like you know comedy between (laughs) eddie and richie i was dying so fun fact (laughs) a lot of that was improv oh i i knew that that would had to be that way because you can tell Mm -hmm. you can tell that they were just like shooting the shit and just letting letting it flow they were just talking shit the way that little kids talk shit exactly no but it was perfect it Mm -hmm. worked so well and then even also just the the chemistry you know between uh you know beverly and uh with um with bill with bill Mm -hmm. like even that Mm -hmm. yeah each each of those children was casted perfectly um and the bullies were all casted mm-hmm. perfectly they were so terrifying yeah. <laughs> they were so terrifying yeah it i mean whoever the uh talent agent was on this he did a great job yeah good job kudos yep. to you mm-hmm. because <laughs> i mean it it just the chemistry between everybody was was great. Even um, where, you know, like Nicholas Hamilton playing Henry Bowers, where, I mean, a lot of the stuff, you know, he was by himself. Like, even those parts. Like, I, I appreciate that uh, the director, you know, pushed them. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in the miniseries, they weren't pushed enough. Mm-mm. In this movie, he, it seems like they, he told him, okay, like, 
do this, but also take it a little bit further Mm -hmm. than what you would normally do. And another fun note, I have a couple of um, trivia things to pop in here too for for the films. But another fun note was that the kids in chapter one were not allowed to be around Alexander Skarsgård as Pennywise on set. So a lot of times when you saw him... Or when you Ooh. saw the kids, that was sh- like legit terror. That's perfect. <laughs> uh huh. They were not allowed to be so around him. So smart. Uh huh. And there was actually I didn't know that. <laughs> well, and uh, there's actually a part where Bill Skarsgård is screaming at one of the kids. He's screaming in the kid's face. I don't remember who it is, but um, he pulled him aside after and was like i'm so sorry are you okay i didn't mean to scare you oh it was um it was eddie it was when it was jack uh jack dylan grazer um so he was the first of the kids to work with him when they did their scene and uh grazer started crying and gagging while skarsgård's in front of him and bill skarsgård felt really bad and was like are you okay and he the kid just looked down and went love what you're doing you're doing a great job (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of times it was it was sheer terror but um much of that's great though yeah because i mean on uh, you want to get that you could really see that they were terrified oh yeah of you know of it Mm -hmm. like i'm i'm really glad that they they did it that way oh that's really smart it was perfect it was it's like you're not know what you're not gonna know what's coming out no well and um (laughs) another fun note the teeth prosthetics Mm -hmm. that they that bill skarsgård had to use actually made him drool so when you're seeing him drool that's not fake and andy muschetti saw it and loved it and said that kind of adds to the ravenous like, nature so guess what you are you're just gonna going be a to drooly mess you're gonna be like i uh, can tell because that seemed like it was a huge mouthpiece yeah gigantic Ugh. it's like um jonathan groft in hamilton drooling all over while he's singing <laughs> except he does not have prosthetics oh man oh yeah and um Sophia Lillis actually had to stand on a box for some of her scenes to make her tall, taller like Beverly in, oh, the, in the book. Yeah. But she's only five feet tall in her life. Yeah, I know. She's a little tiny, tiny girl. Short people crew. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and a couple of, of other filming notes. So we know that this is set in the, fi- in the fictional town of Derry, Maine, which is modeled after Bangor, Maine, mm-hmm. which is where Stephen King is from, and it's where many of his books take place. Um, but different parts were actually filmed in Yonkers, New York. Oh. So they did some principal photography in Toronto, and the actual, uh, the actual town is a town that is called Port Hope. Oh. Yeah, so that town actually had to go through a little bit of a facelift while it was being filmed. So they turned the Port Hope Municipal Hall into the Dairy Public Library. Um, the Port Hope Tourism Center is now called City of Dairy Office. Oh. Um, yeah, so they did, a, they did a few different things and then to, to turn it into the different stores and such. But that is primarily where it was filmed. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. And but I also like um just kind of going uh, a little bit back to when we went to um horror made here, I kind of like how they sort of like made dairy mm-hmm. in, in that the whole uh, t- uh oh in the town center. Yeah, the yeah. town center. Like that was really it 
it totally looked like we were just right in the movie. Totally. Anyway. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Yep. And then as Pennywise's costume was being developed, so there was first discussion of doing some sort of a form-fitting suit. Mm-hmm. But after looking at the Pennywise costume in the book, which is described as, you know, a silver clown suit with the orange pom-poms on it, um, the costume designers actually took some inspiration from elizabethan and victorian era costumes yeah with the big collar and the bloomers i think it was perfect oh yeah there's a few other they're definitely like almost like almost like he was um like a court gesture in a way exactly yeah it it was perfect i i have to say definitely costume wise comparing the miniseries with this one i definitely liked the the newer uh version of the costume oh same here it's and it's a little bit more um not demure that's not the right word it's a little more played down mm-hmm. so it's not it really forces you to be like this guy's fucking crazy yeah with everything like that's- he is going to kill me mm-hmm. whereas i'm look at tim curry like oh yeah he's cool he's just a clown and then he draws you in <laughs> Totally. Two very different approaches. Yeah, and to be honest, like, in the the opening scene, you know, where he attacks Georgie, mm-hmm. I, I gotta be honest, if I saw that clown in there, there's no way in hell I'm getting close no. <laughs> to that sewer. No. I'm sorry. Not a chance. <laughs> he instantly looked creepy. Oh, totally. Whereas I could see why they did, you know, did that with Tim Curry, because it draws the little kids in. Like, come on, get closer. I'm a happy clown. <laughs> I'm <laughs> real friendly. <laughs> and I'm going to bite you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then looking into chapter two. So the kids actually were asked who they would pick to play themselves. The older versions of their, themselves in the continuation of the story. Really? Yep. And fun fact, Sophia Willis actually chose Jessica Chastain. Very smart. And Finn Wolfhard chose Bill Hader. And the reason that Bill Hader took it is because Finn Wolfhard had specifically requested him and he was very honored that a child actor would pick him that's cool mm-hmm. and i'm really glad that they did and then like the other choices i thought were still pretty i mean i love james mcboy i i liked him better than fucking john boy from the waltons in the miniseries <laughs> i know like, i couldn't take him seriously. i'm like you're john boy i can't take you yeah. seriously <laughs> I, I liked him much better. I You know, I don't know who I would have casted instead of James McAvoy. Mm. He was good. That's that's a hard one. I mean, if we're going to try to replace. I know. <laughs> I don't, I, honestly, I don't think I would change any of the, um, anybody in chapter two. Because even, even though I felt like the kids had more chemistry, mm-hmm. I still felt it a little bit uh in chapter two though i would may okay let me take that back actually i would maybe change who played mike hanlon maybe so uh the little boy that played mike hanlon wanted chadwick boseman to play him in the i I don't know that i agree with. i think he's a little bit too strong for this cast i agree i mean minus uh jessica chastain Mm -hmm. because i think she's a great actress not saying that everybody else is terrible but Mm -hmm. i feel like chadwick boseman that's a lot it is i i don't think they needed to have a lot of heavy players Mm -mm. in it no 
I mean, you already got James McAvoy, you have Jessica Chastain, and Bill Skarsgård, and, you know, definitely getting up there. You know who I did love was James Ransom, mm-hmm. who, for anybody who has seen the Sinister movies, he plays the cop in the Sinister movies. Yep. And that's where I saw him first. He was a perfect adult Eddie. Yeah. Loved it. So great. <laughs> Loved it. And I like how, you know, he... It, it seems like a lot of them probably watched how they the kids, you know, were playing in mm-hmm. chapter one. Because, like, almost those same, like, manic, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, mannerisms. Like, he got those down. Even though he's supposed to be, like, the calmer Eddie mm-hmm. a little bit. But you could still see those little hints of young the Eddie. The Munchausen by proxy yes. issues. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was perfect. And the whole like, you know, when he goes down into the, the pharmacy and he sees his mom and he instantly just <laughs> turns into little Eddie again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I so let's let's talk about this film yes. a little bit. Now I appreciated that it was closer to the book. Okay. However, again, we're missing the macroverse. Yes. Not nary mentioned. However, this version did talk about the ritual of Chude, mm-hmm. which is in the book. However, the Native American tribe that they made up in the second movie does not exist in the book. Oh. Not, the. it's just a ritual that they had read about. Or, no, no, okay. no, that they were told about when they went into the macroverse. Right, okay. But there, the, the... Oh, I can't remember who they were, but it was the Native American tribe that's that's mentioned in the in chapter two is not in the book. That whole piece oh. was fabricated for the movie. Yeah, see, I'm telling you, I got to read the book. <laughs> and I here's the other thing that I that I disliked. While this movie has a crazy long runtime, it's what mm-hmm. two hours and forty five minutes or something like that. Yep, it's pretty damn long now granted this this did not feel that long to me my complaint is that the flashbacks felt a little clunky yeah i can i can agree with that i felt like and i think that it's probably just the nature of the miniseries being one continuous story and Mm -hmm. the miniseries starts in the quote-unquote present day right with pennywise and, and it coming back so Tim Reed, who plays Mike Hanlon, is starts off at the very beginning calling all the losers, and then that's when the flashbacks all start. So I think just due to the nature of having a miniseries that's 180 minutes long all the way through versus the two films, the just that natural progression of the story and the flashbacks felt a little more seamless. Mm-hmm. But in chapter two, the flashbacks felt a little clunky in some places yeah, and a little almost unnecessary. So no, I, can, I can agree with that. Yeah. And, and this whole piece of when they go to find after they all reunite and they're talking about doing the ritual and finding the tokens and stuff. Also not in the book, but I get it. They were doing that to kind of tie the story together. Right. Um, I mean, I kind of I, I kind of like how they did that. I don't know. I liked I, I, the, I didn't the token think it thing was, was weird. Like, man, I'm, I but I, I got why they did it just to kind of say, like, we need these kind of like strong part of ourselves to put in to help defeat him 
I get it. I just disagree but. with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over here trying to make sense with it. Like, I come understand on. why they did it. I just don't like it. I thought it was cute. <laughs> but it was... And, and the miniseries got more of it right where they all, as they come back, they all have their own experiences. So that piece, I didn't understand why they couldn't just have those experiences mm-hmm. independently yeah. of themselves. And why, because the story was a little bit out of order. Yeah. And and the experiences happened in the book. I loved each of them in the movie. They were great. Um, the token thing was a little weird for me. I'm like, okay. Like, I, mm, if a little... I thought it was just trying to just maybe add their connection to each other a no, little bit more. I get it. Throw it in there. Zhuzh it up. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I just didn't like it. Oh. Um, so there was... There's that piece that I feel like is is fine. That part didn't feel clunky to me, but just the the little flashbacks that are kind of embedded within the story just right. felt like they could have been a little more seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece that was in the book and it is in the first movie is the the murder that occurs. In the very beginning, that's really hard to watch. The what you're saying the begin the the very beginning when they find out that it came oh, back. Oh, oh yeah, with the uh, the two young it's guys. The, it's the gay bashing murder yep. that happens. That's and- yeah. That was the part that I heard. It's really hard to read. I feel it's like if if really hard to read when I read it, I probably skipped. it. <laughs> I probably skipped it. I'll probably read it now when I do it, read it again. But Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the part that I skipped when I was younger. It was really hard to read. Um, So that, that kind of kicks off the film. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? That's the other piece that's completely out of the miniseries is the carnival. Oh, that's right. Completely missing. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. Like, I, I mean, I didn't remember it from watching it before, but like watching it a second time, I was like, oh, hey. Yeah. (laughs) where's the carnival yeah (laughs) so much missing um i mean carnivals are family friendly (laughs) unless there's a murderous (laughs) clown on the loose Uh, i mean yeah yeah and of course they i i'm trying to remember they had the part in well see now i gotta watch everything all over again (laughs) (laughs) but um i I really did like um i don't know for me I, i really liked the part um, where they had that in the, the opening, because I think it, it was important to put that in there. Well, and it was based on something that had happened in in um, Bangor, Maine, when yes. Stephen King was growing up, and that's yeah. why he incorporated it into the book. And I'm, I'm I don't know I'm I'm kind I'm kind of glad that he did that, and I'm glad that it was put into the the movie, um, especially with it being so such a really hard subject (laughs) it's it's hard to watch and it's Mm -hmm. heartbreaking to watch but what's more horrific than real life people being god awful to each other because Mm -hmm. they're different nothing Mm -hmm. nothing's more horrific yeah well and just like in the first movie when they're uh, torturing little ben and carving (laughs) into his stomach yeah why are mean uh, why are children so mean People suck, just in general. <laughs> just like that joke <laughs> that we opened up with. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> scared of humans right now. Right. <laughs> but there are there are lots of really great little Easter eggs throughout the movie. Um, so like when they go back into the arcade and there's a You Got Mail poster that's all torn up. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you look at the tears, it actually says it. Oh. Yeah. Okay, now I got to go back. I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All these little Easter... I, I heard a lot of their... Um, and I have to go back and look. I, I heard a lot of their... Like, the t-shirts that they wore, especially in the first movie, were supposed to be, Lots like... Lots of nostalgia. Yeah. Lots of nostalgia. <laughs> um, and then there were... Oh, and Pennywise actually stepped up his dialogue in Chapter 2. Yes. Um, instead of having four minutes in Chapter 1, he has <laughs> seven minutes in Chapter 2. Oh, there you go. A little more work. <laughs> a little Hey, I mean, if he work. wanted uh, more of a, a paycheck, he's got to do a little bit more dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a couple... Uh, just a couple of other fun facts. Um Idris Elba actually had expressed interest in playing adult Mike Hanlon, which mm. I would not have hated. No. But instead, uh, he I think he had a scheduling conflict, but he did play the gunslinger in the Dark Tower movie that came out yes. in 2017. Don't watch it. It's fucking terrible. Why, <laughs> why anyone would try to slam seven books worth what? seven books into one movie? why oh that sounds why, terrible why just just so much why and they're long aren't they they're not short books <laughs> they're not short how books. Did, how uh, you know what i'm not even gonna ask <laughs> no just <laughs> mental note idris alba had expressed interest in playing grown-up mike hanlon but he didn't but he's the gunslinger in the movie that you should never watch <laughs> that's sad <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um and James McAvoy is actually a huge Stephen King fan and has read most of his books. Oh, so I'm, I'm sure he was very excited. Yep. And fun Easter egg, the clown puppets that mm -hmm. are in the fun house that are swinging from the ceiling. Yeah. They were specifically designed to look like the Tim Curry Pennywise. Oh, I remember that now. I know. Now that I, when I was going through notes and stuff that I want to talk about, I'm like, oh, I see it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I see it perfectly in my mind right now. I'm like... That, okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I like all these little... Now I just want to go back and watch them again. <laughs> I know. I need, I need to go back and give oh, it a I mean, watch. overall, I, st I still liked the the newer version over the miniseries. Um, just for me. Mm -hmm. Even though, again, you know. But I, I will say that watching it, I'm now a little bit more comfortable with clowns. I'm, I mean, don't throw me in the clown motel, but... I won't throw you in it. <laughs> but I am a little bit more comfortable than I was when I saw the miniseries when I was younger. Yeah. So, yep. well, there's that. <laughs> overall, I, I give chapter one five out of five screams. Agreed. Chapter two, I give three. <laughs> that okay i'm i'm gonna be all maybe three and a half okay okay I'll, I'll, I'll give it three and a half three's a little harsh i'll give it three and a half yeah i was gonna say three and a half for me but also because yeah. like i said i feel like i need to read the book again and then i can probably have a little bit better of a criticism on both um for the mini series i mean if i'm without reading the book if i'm 
you know, comparing it from the newer version to this one, um, for the mini series, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to say a three. I agree with that. I mean, I know that's a little harsh because Tim created a, an excellent job, but as far as like, just I'm I'm going at it at this perspective of just the chemistry with all the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I I have to give the mini series mm-hmm. three screams. I agree, and it's one hundred percent worth a watch. Yes. Now, when you do watch it, if we have younger listeners that maybe haven't seen it. Keep in mind, or or if we have listeners that haven't watched it since it came out in the 90s, keep in mind, it was 1990. Right. It was made for television in 1990, like 1990s television. Right. And also remember that it had to have spots for commercials. Um, so it is not the traditional horror film that you're going to see today. No. And when you go back and watch it, You'll see the camp factor. Yeah, and I was definitely like less scared watching it this time around. I I was borderline bored. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I was a little sad because I remember it being so terrifying when I was a kid. Exactly. But but I think and that's also for me now seeing you know chapter one and chapter two and then going back and watching the miniseries. I'm like, this kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Other than Tim Curry, but this kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, definitely if you haven't seen the miniseries, please watch it, mm-hmm. especially for Tim Curry's role as Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely iconic. You need to see it. And also, I mean, I, I don't know how you're living on this planet and you haven't seen chapter one or chapter two, but watch it. Or if you haven't seen all of the Pennywise merchandise that's been flooding stores everywhere. Right. <laughs> get get on it. Oh, it's so good. And they have good. all the cute pops, too, on Funko. Uh, I am surprised you don't have the one that they have now with him without makeup. Why do you think we're going to Spirit Halloween after this? Oh, got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. So, yeah, also... Um, <laughs> we're going to spirit halloween <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe we uh might go on and share a little video oh we show can you, sh- uh, show you all the cool things they have yeah we'll see okay well that does it for this episode mm-hmm. please don't forget to like us on instagram and facebook and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them we're on pandora Spotify, Apple <laughs> Podcasts. Tune in. Tune in Stitcher. Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. And there's so many. Pretty much anywhere that you could yeah. upload your podcast. I did. <laughs> oh, 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 we're on Google Podcasts. Google has podcast station? Yup. Oh, God, they have everything. And we're on there. <laughs> yeah. And, and we have a website. We do. We yes. have a website. Please visit us at www.thesquadghouls.com. Yeah, man. Creep it real. And we'll scare you later. Bye. Bye.